Bonjour, bonsoir, fellow equestrian adventuresses, and welcome to the podcast dedicated to women who love horses, travel, and most of all, adventure. Je m'appelle Heather. I will be your host today, uh, talking all things France. Uh, I am just recently back uh, from a 10-11 day tour in France. Uh, visited so many amazing places. I was in Paris, I was in Rouen, I was in La Harve, I was in the Normandy region. Uh, so many beautiful things to see there. Um, today's show, we're going to kind of focus on on that Normandy state region of France. Um, we're going to talk about what kind of horses are there, what kind of food are, food are we going to eat, um, where can we ride, uh, what's kind of, you know, famous of that area. So stay tuned uh, to hear all about great adventures in the Normandy region of France. We are explorers. We are trailblazers. We love to do what cannot be done. We love to test our limits, cross borders, and we love the freedom horses bring us. We seek lands without fences. Who are we? We are equestrian adventuresses. We are a community of women who love horses, travel, and adventure. To infinity and beyond! And now your hosts, Uta and Heather. Today's podcast is sponsored by Stone Horse Expeditions in Mongolia. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to visit a distant land? Ride across unfenced grassy hills, down long flower-filled valleys, crossing rivers and mountain passes, making camp in beautiful riverside setting, and watching the horses graze in nearby meadows, all while sipping a glass of wine or perhaps a cup of tea just as the sun goes down. And then do it again tomorrow and again for days at a time. Stone Horse Expeditions in Mongolia with their easygoing yet tough Mongolian horses, each with an unforgettable character, may be just the trip you were looking for to help rebalance in pristine nature with like-minded friends after a long absence of travel. Stone Horse provides a safe, small group environment taking care of your needs from the moment you arrive till the moment of departure. Their seasoned staff and experienced trip leaders, their own comfortable handmade saddles, and the delicious meals conjured up each night will make for an adventure of a lifetime. With a combined expedition experience of 40 plus years, the owners of Stonehorse know what to provide you to make each trip a memorable experience. Whether traveling with friends or making new ones along the way, you will add to the story of Stonehorse, and it will become a part of your own. You can contact Stonehorse through their website at www.stonehorsemongolia.com or email them directly at info at stonehorsemongolia.com to learn more about how you can join them as they travel by horseback through the cultural and wilderness landscapes of this enchanted land. Hey, adventuresses. So we're back uh, talking all about France, specifically the Normandy region. Uh, I am just back. I spent uh, uh, the first couple of weeks of July uh, traveling. It was so amazing. We spent a few days in Paris, uh, you know, the city of love. I was traveling with my husband. So we had, uh, you know, we made a million steps every day. Uh, we ate some great food, tasted some great wine. It really was great. 
Um, for anybody interested in going to, to France, to Paris, to that area, it's super easy to get around. There is a ton of international flights flying into Paris uh, from Canada. We have direct flights from Toronto, from Montreal, from Calgary. Um, and that was the route that I took. It was super slick. No problems with luggage issues. No problems with customs. Uh, if you're traveling from the U.S., um, most likely you're flying into the Charles de Gaulle airport, um, but there's direct flights from JFK, from Atlanta, uh, unit Houston, uh, you name it, you're going to be able to get a direct flight into, uh, into Paris. Now, if you're coming, uh, if you're already in Europe, uh, the train system, phenomenal, um, that you'll have no problem getting, getting into and, and really easy to get around. The maps are super easy. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, if you want to start in Paris, spend a couple of days there, you know, really see that, you know, the art and the culture, uh, the architecture that's in that amazing city that that's somewhere definitely you want to check out. I will give you a tip though. Paris is kind of, uh, built on a, a wagon wheel kind of shape. So the streets aren't straight. Uh, so if you feel like you're walking straight down a street, well, you're actually walking straight, but the street is actually going on an angle. So even though you think, oh, I'm walking parallel to something, you may not be. Um, cool things to see in Paris, the Louvre, got to go see the Mona Lisa, you know, make your way. There's signs everywhere. Um, it really is anticlimactic once you get there, but it's one of those things you can check off your bucket list. Um, I was brave. I did the guided climb to the second floor of the Eiffel Tower. We had this amazing guide um, who had lots of funny little stories uh, to tell us about, um, you know, how, you know, it being built and even all of the different colors that the Eiffel Tower has been painted over the last hundred and some years. Super interesting. And how long it takes, how many gallons, the list goes on. It is 530 steps in case you were wondering. Um, I did have to take a little break after the first half or to, to the first level. Um, maybe not in as great a shape as I thought I was, but Hey, I did it, made it up to the second level. Uh, the views spectacular, uh, Paris is hosting the summer Olympics in the summer of 2024. And they are just, they are working day and night, getting that city beautified, um, buildings, um, extra seating, all of those things. So there is a lot of construction going on. Um, but that being said, it's, it really was something to see. Um, we did go to the Arc de Triomphe. I'm sure if you haven't been there, you've definitely seen it on TV. There must be like that traffic circle that goes around. I'm sure there could be 10 car, 10 lanes. Most times there's probably like 15 cars trying to manipulate it and motorcycles you know, there's no rules for them. They just go wherever they want. If they're in the inside, they just cut in front of you. Uh, not as much horn honking in Paris as per se, like New York, but uh, but there was a lot of horn honking. Um, <clears throat> where else did we? Oh, we did. Uh, we I like to do the hop on hop off bus when I go to new cities. Kind of gives you a sense of your bearings, you know. And if there's some, sometimes some of these old buildings, museums, statues. You know, once you've seen it, check off the bucket list um, is good. Uh, so, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I want to come back here and spend some more time and see that. Um, we did a beer tasting that was really good. I'm not normally a beer drinker, but my husband likes to. So it was like, hey, I want to go see some horsey stuff. So I got to compromise with the beer tasting. 
Um, but I had this rhubarb flavored beer or rhubarb beer and it was really good. It was like a, it almost looked like red Kool-Aid, um, but it, it was really good. So I may have, it was an IPA for, for all you beer drinkers out there that probably means something to you, but it was really good. So uh, I did manage to drink the whole glass of it. So I was quite impressed with myself. Um, but lots of other really cool things you can do. You can go and make your own scent of perfume. So, you know, and it's not very much, like 15, 20 euro. You go in and you spend 30 minutes. They give you a little demo. They explain to you how the noses work. Like that's an actual person's job. They're called the nose. And they can pull out certain notes and scents out of these flowers that, that make these beautiful beautiful perfumes but you can make your own so you can you know a dash of this like almost like witchcraft right I'm gonna drop of this and a drop of this and a drop of this but enough about Paris I loved it it was it was a little bit hot but uh it's beautiful um I just love the French language now growing up in Canada in western Canada we don't speak as much uh French you know you have to take it in school and we learn how to count to a hundred and all the colors but I was able to you know, half-ass it, uh, figure out things, um, you know, reading the maps, they were a little bit easier, but even going to a restaurant, sometimes it was like, okay, I know that means ham, and I know that means cheese, uh, and I know that means bread, okay, I'm good, that's what I want, even French onion soup, which is, you know, I, I think lots of people think, you know, French onion soup, it, 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 how do you make it? it? It's amazing. So if you're in Paris, have some French onion soup. So, but, so we spent those days there and then we headed out. We were actually on a river cruise sailing down the Seine all the way to La Havre. Um, and while we were going, we got to see beautiful chateaus, castles, fortresses. The history that is in, in Europe it is really just amazing. Um, but let's talk about horses, because that's really what we want to talk about. So horses have always played a really important role in history, uh, traditions, folklore, specifically of Normandy uh, that we're going to talk about. But this region's uh, temperate climate, lush plains, and, ex and exceptional stud farms combined with great equestrian events means a top-notch destination for horse lovers. So it's time to saddle up and add a bit of horsepower to your next Normandy holiday. So, you know, whether you're dreaming of galloping along golden beaches, down rolling hills, exploring miles of the forest bridleways, Normandy offers fantastic riding opportunities for horse owners, for horse lovers, uh, for horse watchers, all of those kind of things. So, you know, if you're in Europe and you're looking for a day ride, a week-long ride, well, if you're doing a week-long ride, you're probably doing a little bit more planning than just be like, oh, look, there's a place to go horseback riding. I'm going to go do that. So, but there are a ton of places that have, you know, are horse-friendly, have horse-friendly accommodations, whether it's a and b a hotel, campground, they have lots. Um, and, you know, there's stables, all of those kind of things. So lots of trails, um, I will include in the show notes um, a, a map of all of the trails that you can go on in that area. So if you're in Europe with your horse, uh, you know, maybe you're from Germany, maybe you're from Spain and you want to go check some of those out, 
definitely check out this map. So in the show notes, equestrianadventuresses.com, check it out. There's so many cool things on our website. Just going to deviate over to there for a second. Um, all the podcasts that we've ever done are on there. Our packing lists, our book lists, everything that you can imagine is on there. Go to resources, drop down. You're going to find that. But in the show notes from this podcast, um, you will be able to find this this uh, this trail guide. So, um, you know, when you're in Normandy, you know, we there's lots of things that, you know, make us think about it. There's, um, you know, what kind of horses do they have there? What kind of food do they have there? I'm, when I'm planning a holiday, uh, specifically a horse one, you know, I want to look at what kind of horses am I going to ride? Um, what kind of food am I going to eat? Because I'm not really a big fish fan. Um, because it seems like all the places I go, they want to serve me the fish with the head on. So I do research that now. Am I going to get a fish with a head on? Because that that's kind of, it's not a deal breaker for me, but I do become a vegetarian that week because there's no vegetables that have eyeballs to the best of my knowledge. Anyways, so, but let's talk about the horses of Normandy. So, um, you know, trot racing was basically founded in Normandy. Um, the city of Cherbourg or Manchi organized the first harness race in 1836. Since then, um, this knowledge and expertise has continued to spread an unrivaled ex- uh, excellence in Normandy. Uh, in the domain, <clears throat> pardon me, in this domain has become the birthplace of trot racing champions. Normandy horses regularly win the most prestigious races um, in in this particular area. So the French trotters, they're um, a big deal in this area. And then we have sport horses. You know, when I don't, my, when I think of sport horses, you know, I think of the warm blood, the Dutch warm bloods and the German warm bloods. I don't necessarily think of, um, France, but there we go. So Normandy is the birthplace of the Cell Francais breed, which stronghold is the Saint Lo in that Cherbourg Manche region. This region has over two thousand sports stud farms and is home to the very best Cell Francais breeders. The expertise of the trainers and riders are known, uh, are recognized worldwide. The skills, expertise, and knowledge of the Normandy's professionals have made that crucial difference and improved the performance of the sport horse. So that's super cool. Um, lots of them, like I could read you off the names of all these different horses, but for most of us, it's irrelevant, but just know that super uh, elite sport horses do definitely come from this area. Um, this region has the advantage of having top quality infrastructure and sites which can host major competitions, um, but which are organized events for young horses, international competitions every year. They also have, you know, they figured out that winning, winning formula for the thoroughbreds. Um, half of all thoroughbreds are bred in Normandy. The reputation of Normandy's flat racing stables is well established. The physical and mental capacity of the world-leading thoroughbred bear testimony to this. Um, It is against this advantageous backdrop that the annual yearling sales in uh, Dovell attracts the biggest international investors. Flat racing has become the flagship discipline of Normandy, um, and a number of Norman champions just keep rising. Um, There's, you know... Horses with the names of Le Havre, uh, Goldakova, uh, and the list goes on. 
As a gateway to Paris, Normandy is a worldwide reference for every single player in the flat racing world. So I thought that was interesting. Now, near and dear to my heart, the donkeys in the drafts, right? You know, have you, as much as, you know, the term jackass comes from donkeys, or donkeys are called a a jackass, um, they are so cute with their big ears and their hee-hawing. They just are super cute. So, um... The birthplace of the Norman Cobb and Perchin breeds, you know, obviously comes from the Normandy area, but also the Cotenin and the Norman donkeys. Normandy is proud of these heritage breeds. The Center for the Promotion of Normandy Draft Horses, established at the Lupin National Stud Farm uh, in the Honor Department, this center is home to the Norman Cobb and Perchins that have been selected as the finest specimen of their generation. These horses are trained to meet the requirements of new users of horse energy or alternatively are used for the display of leisure activities. They are subsequently made available for sale and become ambassadors of their own breed. Um, they may be workhorses of the yesteryear, but they are partners for the future. The Norman donkey and the Contentin donkey um, you know, really, the, these, these, for many years, these breeds were used to transport milk churns, but today they're used for walks and trekking, pulling carts, light agriculture work, and, uh, market gardening, in addition to being pets. Um, you know, and they really have become a valuable asset in terms of tourism. So I thought that was super cool that those, you know, the sport horses, the thoroughbreds, you know, there's, you know, when you do and talk about, um, the Arabians from that Egyptian area, you know, you, 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 that really, that makes sense. But when you think of the sport horses and everything, you don't necessarily think of this Normandy area, but let me tell you, there were horses everywhere and they were all big, big, tall, long-legged ones. So you knew that they were coming off the track. So the flat racing, something that was really interesting that I did find out about this Normandy region. Um, so they have lots of like schools, employment courses, those kind of things. So Normandy's expertise and knowledge has been handed down through the generations um, really to provide learning and training for every different career in the equine sector. The best schools and training centers are to be found in Normandy, such as the Granger's Horse Racing School, where the very best international jockeys and drivers are, drivers are trained, or the Agricultural College in Saint Hilaire de Hardicot, which specializes in farriery. It's a hard word to say, farriery. Uh, Lupin National Stud Farm provides a wide range of courses from breeding techniques to saddlery courses, in addition to training for professional riders um, for course and carriage driving. Normandy stands out thanks to the quality of its teaching and the way it seamlessly adapts to the level and expectations of its students and participants who come from all over the world. Um, Normandy is once again increasing the ability to provide training for tomorrow's best professionals. So I thought that was uh, a really cool, cool thing. So, you know, they're really breaking down the borders with all of these training and learning courses. Um, It has 670 equestrian establishments. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, ride, you know, training for riding techniques uh, at the Normandy Regional Equestrian Center. Um, there's the, 
the stable lad jockey in the heart of Trotter Country, um, where the Grainer Horse Racing School welcomes future stable drivers, stable lad jockeys, um, where farrier, a special a specialist in farrier training and agri- agricultural college at the St. Hillier, um, reproduction training, uh, grooms training, saddle and harness making, veterinarian horse health. Um, you know, they have what the one of the, the best schools. Um, and, and the research in the Normandy is the number one region for, or pardon me, researchers in Normandy are listed as uh, some of the top equine uh, researchers. So that's really cool. Uh, and it is home to the European Horse uh, Re- Research Center. Um, and it has five internationally recognized research teams. So that's super cool. Um, when is the best time to go? Well, I was there in July. And let me tell you, it was hot. Um, but hot is better than cold. Um, so summer is the best period for saddling up in Normandy. A great many equestrian centers and farms are more than happy um, to, to have you all year round. Um, but obviously you're, you know, you're kind of April to October, you're going to have the best weather. Uh, it has been, no- Normandy can be known to be a little bit more on the wet side. Now, I barely saw clouds when I was there. So when they kept saying, oh, it's it's used to raining here, so or windy. Um, but I guess that really depends on how far away you are from the coast or not. Um, being that there are so many different riding facilities there, you know, they doesn't matter if you're older, younger, if you're looking for a one day ride, an afternoon ride or a week long ride, there is going to be something for you. Also, if you're new to riding, you're, you're, you know, Hey, I want to take, I want to become a rider. I want to learn. They offer, you know, learning how to ride. Uh, if you want to take a refresher course or even at a, a competition, they have all of those things. Programs that are diverse, varied, and can be uh, specifically tailored to suit individuals. Um, you know, you, you. why wouldn't you want to sign up for an organized summer camp in Normandy? We just had a podcast a couple weeks ago on summer camps for adults. Why not do it in uh, the northwest corner of France? Like, how fun would that be? So... Now, I didn't tell you where Normandy is, but so Normandy is uh, basically north of Paris towards the English Channel. So it's that kind of chunk of land that runs parallel to the to the English Channel and to the south. So that north, kind of northwestern corner of uh, of France. Um, so, you know, when, when it says, you know, located on the shores of the Channel, close to Paris, uh, Normandy has exceptionally rich Uh, equine historical and cultural uh, heritage so if you are familiar with Mont Saint-Michel that's an area that you'd get to see if you went riding in this area Um, the landing beaches so depending on where you're from uh, Omaha and Utah for our uh, American um, in remembrance of our American soldiers Juneau Beach for the Canadian soldiers, Gold and Sword Beach for uh, the Commonwealth soldiers coming from the UK, Australia, all over. Um, you know, that is a, an area that you would get to see. Uh, Normandy is a mosaic of green and blue that provides riders with a magnificent backdrop of varied terrain as they travel along um, epic 
epic mark trails. Um, you know, whether you're riding your own horse or accompanied by a guide, um, there are hours and hours of riding to be done. Um, you know, setting out to explore the equestrian heritage. Um, the Normandy horses benefit from the finest environment and manageable. The National Stud Farm, prestigious tables, training centers, competition sites, famous race horses, race courses such as Deville, Cannes, Charberg. Um, these are just to name a few. Uh, whenever you go, you will come across exceptional sites that continue the identity and confirm the reputation that this land uh, land of horses. Um, so, you know, there's so much to see, so many horses, uh, you know, definitely. I was on like Tourism Normandy trying to, you know, pull out a few little points to share with you. And it's a wealth of knowledge on there. There is so much, so, so much information. Um, but we did talk about the, um, the Mont Saint-Michel. So that's pretty famous castle. When the tide is out, you can access it. When the tide is in, there's no going. Uh, it's basically completely impregnable is what they call it. When the tide is in, only except like, I guess you could go by boat. Um, but you know, there's only a few French regions um, really in the Normandy area and horse riding that is deeply woven into the culture. Um, the Normandy boasts some of the best riding experiences you could wish for from a gentle ride um, to really, you know, crossing the bay uh, of this of the Mont Saint-Michel on horseback or a few days riding along the coastal pass of the Continent Peninsula to explore the rolling hills of the Swiss Normand. An exciting horse riding adventure uh, awaits you. So just, a, you know, a few places that you can ride. So uh, the Seine Maritime, so just there's, uh, you know, riding right along the Seine River uh, and the forests um, in La Marche, which is close to um, Cherbourg, uh, horseback, horse-drawn carriages, explore the English Channel, um, there's horse riding trails of La Hague, Sartilly, the Valley de Ver, um, in Eur, and it's spelled E-U-R-E. Um, there's lots of trails there. Uh, in the Pays de, de Argentine and the Pays de Og Ornel, um, discovers, uh, pardon me, offers horseback riding to discover the area on your own. Um, there's a Perche region, um, which you, you really get to, you know, see some of those cultural landmarks. Um, so tons of places to go. Um, I did take kind of a look at some of the pricing, um, really, you know, depending on if you're just looking at the riding, you're probably looking at, you know, the $200 for a couple of days and, and they go up. Now, if you want, um, to have, accommodations with you uh, or pardon me accommodations provided um, that will definitely increase your your pricing depending on where you want to stay um, but uh, really anywhere from probably 200 up to 2000 uh, Canadian American dollars um, they do use the euro in uh, in France uh, and just recently it was at par with the um, US dollar to the Canadian uh Canadians it would you about a dollar thirty so similar to obviously to the US um but but an area that uh that one of my favorite things because I like to eat and I like to drink um is what are you gonna eat when you're there? 
Well, I'm going to tell you, you're going to, you're going to drink wine. You're going to drink, uh, apple juice, apple cider, Calvados, the apple brandy. Um, you're definitely going to eat cheese. And let me tell you, this is going to be some of the best cheese you will ever have. You won't be able to get it at home. Uh, well, unless if you live in Europe, you might be able to get it home. But if you live in North America, the only time you're going to have this cheese is when you're in France. Uh, cause it's unpasteurized. So that means you can't bring it home. But let me tell you, it is so good. Um, now, depending on how long it's been open for, sometimes it gets a little bit smelly, but oh, put it on a baguette uh, with maybe a little piece of salami. Oh, so good. Uh, I don't know if in the area you live in, if charcuterie boards are a big thing. They are crazy here. Everybody's like, oh, come over. We'll have charcuterie. Um, but yeah, the, the cheese, the meat, the, the wine, so, so good. So, you know, from crepes to camembert, uh, you know, there's so many things that you're going to have uh, while you're there. So, um, like I said, Normandy is in the northwest of France, one of the most visited destinations in the country. It's a region that has maintained its own traditions and culture, having been ruled by Norman dukes for centuries. And a strong part of those traditions is food. Gastronomic, gastronomic, gastronomy, can't have a hard time saying that word today. Um, you know, when... When you think of France, um, you know, food, wine, cheese is really what comes up. Um, so the cuisine in the area, you know, whether you're traveling from Rouen or you're traveling from Paris, uh, you, you can't go wrong with, with this. So camembert, uh, you know, that we're pretty familiar with that. The brie camembert, we hear that here, here in North America. So Normandy is known for their dark brown and white cows uh, for their milk. Um, and sure, there are several famous cheeses from Normandy that most popular being Camembert, pont Uc, the Lavrote, and the Neufenchal. My French is not that good, so bear with me. Um, you know, one of the most famous cheese, French cheeses is the Camembert because it was widely um, used during World War II as a, a ration for the soldiers. Um, it's usually sold in a wooden box, has a whitish rind with a light yellow interior. The taste becomes stronger once the package is opened. So it's, uh, so, you know, it's one of those ones you gotta eat it quick. Um, the Pont Avecu uh, um, from the village of Pont Avecu is an uncooked and unpressed cheese that has a slightly pungent smell and it's in the, it's the oldest of the Norman cheeses, dating back to the 12th century. Uh, Neufenchel is a slightly crumbled cheese made in the Neufenchel Ombre Normandy region. It's believed it dated back to the 6th century. Um, there is an American Neufenchel, I'm probably saying that wrong as well, which has cream added to it. Um, you know, wine and cheese, just do it. It's good. Now, the crepe. So, you know, here in North America, we have the pancake. You probably have had a crepe, but you have not had a crepe unless you have had one made right in front of you on that big griddle and they put, I'm, I'm not a fan of Nutella. I know lots of people are, so I will not hold that against you. But they spring, you know, they cook it and they flip it over and it's just ginormous and they put the butter on it and maybe some sugar, maybe some cinnamon. 
and Nutella for some people. I opt for the butter sugar banana mix. So good. You have to eat it when it's hot. Um, but these are these are uh, classic originals from the Normandy region. Uh, from savory to sweet, they are a blank canvas uh, waiting to be filled by your favorite ingredient. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have heard of crepe Suzette, um, which is, you know, it basically served as a dessert. Um, it has, um, uh, orangey kind of taste to it. Maybe I think there's, uh, oh, I can't, I'm completely drawing a blank. Some liqueur is put on it that, that people like. I like it. I like dessert, really. Like it's, um, there is a crepe specifically named for crepe Normandy. It's filled with tart apples that are browned in butter, sugar, and cinnamon. Like really, brown butter, sugar, and cinnamon never go wrong with that. Um, it is very popular at Christmas time or served on a, is a Sunday afternoon. Now I want to talk about apples. Um, I know at, horses like to eat apples. Uh, mine doesn't. He's weird. Um, but they grow a lot of apples in the Normandy region. Not a lot of them are for, the, well, they're for baking, but they make apple juice, apple cider, and the Calvados, the brandy from them. Um, so good. We visited a orchard where they showed us the whole process. They showed us like when they fermented and make it basically the liquor, the brandy, um, and how they have to keep adding water to it because it is so stinking strong and they can only sell it. I think when it's at like 40% proof, I couldn't even taste it actually, because it like just getting the glass to my nose was like, this is so strong that if I have a mouthful of it, I do not know what'll happen. But the apple juice and the cider, on point. So if you can ever have some French apple juice or French cider, you gotta try it. Now, if you're a brandy drinker, fill your boots. That's uh, definitely for you. Um, so so basically cider is an alcoholic beverage made, made from the fermented juice of apples. Lots of people like it. It's been around from the 11th century. Uh, I think it was kind of like they fermented the apples and made the cider and then probably that's how beer was invented. I'm not sure. Sweet cider has around 1.3, 1 1.5 to 3% alcohol. Um, usually goes with desserts. You know, probably it led into some sort of wine drinking or whatever. Um, because they're on the, you know, it is on the coast, there is some um, seafood the moulet frites, which is um, mussels and fries, is really popular. Um, it's one of a classic French food. You have to try it if you're in France. I had some mussels. They were good. Um, you know, there's like a butter. Butter. French butter is in everything, just so you know. Um, you, you may want to either uh, make sure that you get in your 10,000 steps every day. Um, because you will be eating butter, eating croissants, eating bread, eating cheese. Um, yeah, there, there's no diets in, in France. Um, the co Coquelle Saint-Jacques, which is scallops, um, very popular to have while you're there as well. Um, the Coquelle Saint-Jacques au gratin, so the scallops are cooked in a creamy sauce with breadcrumbs, um, not gluten-free. Gluten really isn't, uh, it is, you know, some of the baguettes, which I did learn, they make 30 million baguettes a day. 
a baguette is meant to be eaten that day because there's no preservatives in it. So the next day it's like rock as rock hard. I think they probably did that that way. So the next day the soldiers could use it as a weapon. I don't know. Maybe that's my theory on it. And the last little bit of food that I want to talk about because I like food is the tart Normandie. So each region in France has its favorite fruit tart or pie. Normandie is the tart Normandie. Uh, it's a traditional jerk dessert. It's a short crust pastry filled with sliced apples, almonds, and sugar. It's usually topped with a creamy egg custard and baked until the topping is caramelized. Um, you can find this tart, tart Normandy in all restaurants all over Normandy, as well as uh, pastillettes uh, and bougainvilliers in the area. So that's just a few samplings of some of the food. And then there's the wine. And they free flow the wine. It's delicious. Um, if you want, you know, France itself has so many vineyards. So depending if you like white wine, red wine, rosé, champagne, you, if you like wine, you are going to the right place. Um, so just to kind of recap, you know, lots of famous horses, lots of famous breeds are coming out of France. You're not going to go hungry. Uh, you are going to see some really old castles. You're going to see some really amazing history. Um, it's a great place to take your husband because if he's has any interest in World War One or World War Two, there's lots of stuff for him to see while you go off riding. Uh, you will be able to eat some amazing cheese, bread. You're going to see some amazing art. Um, it's super easy to get around. There's trains. There's car rentals, there's B&Bs, there, there's really something for everyone. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed my little uh, recap of Normandy. Um, don't forget to check, head over to the website equestrianadventuresses.com to uh, check out all of uh, the links that I'm going to add and uh, I hope you have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. On behalf of Uta and myself, we do look forward to you joining us again soon. If you like the show, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you will not miss any new episodes in the future. If you'd like to give us some feedback or suggest a topic for a future show, please send us an email or message us via Facebook or simply leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. The greater reviews we receive, the more like-minded people can find our show. And don't forget to check out all those great things on our website, equestrianadventuresses.com. Our goal is to provide you with all the information you need to feel confident to go on your own equestrian adventure. So until next time, adventuresses, happy trails!